Welcome to the Rock of Grace Cortland Campus Podcast, where we aim to lead people like you to follow Jesus together. We have a new podcast each week with a message that is prepared with you in mind. So here's this week's message. Do you guys remember shopping at the grocery store as a kid? Like, not yesterday or not last time you Instacarted, but the last time you went grocery shopping, like as a kid. When you were young, you know, you had to go with mom or dad or whoever was doing the grocery shopping. And you were there in the aisles. You're maybe in the cart. You're maybe walking along. Maybe you're leashed to the cart. I'm not sure how you shopped. But I know one thing's for certain. If you were a kid at the grocery store, when you walked by that certain aisle that had your favorite treat, Maybe you were the kid that really liked the, the sugary cereals. Maybe you're an adult that's really like sugary cereals. But maybe there was those cookies or those chips or something where when you're going up and down the aisle, because you know those stores know what they're doing. They're going to have all the, the, the stuff that you need kind of hidden in the middle and then all the stuff that the kids are going to want and they're going to bug mom and dad about. They're kind of on the end aisles. They're on those things. And as a kid, you're like, mom, 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 can we get these? I really want these Oreos. Or I really want these chips. Or I really want this cereal. And you just get the look. You guys know the look? You know the look. Where you say, Mom, 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 I'm going to ask you a question that I know the answer to. And I know the answer is no, but I'm going to ask anyways because I'm cute and adorable. And maybe, maybe that'll just sway you. Right? So we ask mom for the cookies, or dad for the chips. We know which parent is the easier one to get what we want there with. But when we're with the parent, you know what? I'm going to second think this. I'm going to say, you know what? That's not good for you. I'm not going to get that. See, that feeling of being told no to receiving the thing you want more than anything else in the world, especially when you're a kid, is very heart-wrenching. It hits you right here, and you get upset. You know, that's the fun thing with kids, because you never know uh, what thing's going to set them off in that moment. That might be true for us, too, sometimes. But the idea is, when I don't get those Oreos I want, or those chips I want, sometimes the kid gets upset. And maybe you, when you were a child, you were shopping with mom or dad, you didn't get your way, you got upset. And you started screaming in the middle of the grocery aisle, and you knew everybody was going to look at mom, and maybe mom would cave, or maybe dad would cave. See, here's the thing. Mom or dad did their job at that grocery store when they said no to certain things, didn't they? As adults, we understand that now. As adults, we understand that the things my parents said no to were because they were doing their job in taking care of me as their child, as you, as their child. So let's be honest. Many of the things that I've wanted in my life would not have been good for me, would they? Just think about, too, your adolescence. Think about, too, just maybe a time where you weren't in a good place and the things you wanted, if you had them, would you be in a good place today? Would you have been in a good place in that moment? Now, maybe you're one of those exceptions where the things you wanted really just were great things for you. But a lot of times, the impulses that we have or things that I want in this moment, are not going to be good for us in the long term. See, there were times where I had the freedom to pursue something that I didn't need, and many times it didn't benefit me. 
And maybe you have a story in your life where you had the freedom to make a choice and you realized maybe even in the middle of the choice that the choice wasn't the wisest, wasn't the best, wasn't the healthiest, or just straight up was not good for you at all. See, this is why it's important that what we understand for what Jesus says about our needs as opposed to our wants. See, Jesus wants to see our needs met. And these needs are to be part of our prayer life too. As we have done in the past few weeks, as we're going through this series called Teach Us to Pray, we're taking a look at the Lord's Prayer. and We're taking a look at the template, the framework that Jesus set before the disciples and for us for what it should look like when we pray. Remember last week we talked about how it's not a ritual, but instead the Lord's Prayer is a template for what our prayer life should look like. So if you have your Bibles, your Bible app's going to ask you to open up to Luke chapter 11, verses 2 through 4. We will also have it here on the screen. And it says, he said to them, whenever you pray, say, Father, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us. And do not bring us into temptation. So this morning we're taking a look at our daily bread. And what Jesus meant when he said, give us each day our daily bread. See, here's the first thing I really want you to remember is that we come to him for our need, not our greed. We come to Jesus for our needs, not our greed. There's a difference between what I want and what I need. See, I want my stocks to go up. I was talking about that with Jeremiah earlier today. I want my stocks to go up, but is that exactly what I need? What else is in our lives that we have that is a want versus a need? Is there a wrong to have a desire for saying, I would like to see this thing happen. I kind of want to see this happen. As long as that want isn't against the will of God, no. But there's still a difference between a want and a need. So the act of requesting our needs only comes after we have established and solidified our relationship with God. If we go back and we look at that scripture where we see the prayer, it says, Father, your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Honoring God, your relationship with God comes before our needs. We must make sure our relationship with God is in the right place. See, recognizing who God is and seeking to bring honor to his name and inviting his kingdom to come is something that we must first do before we say, God, give me what I need. Because God isn't just a fairy, a genie, or something in the sky to give us exactly what I need. But first, we are to honor him because his name should be honored as holy because of who he is and for no other reason. See, God doesn't need our worship, but he is deserving of our worship. And we must first make sure that that relationship with him is in a first and foremost a priority in our lives and in our prayers. So we are looking at this next part of this prayer over this week and next week. And so this is the first part of where 
we come, or we now come to God in our prayers regarding our needs. See, the first part of this is our tangible needs. But the next, we will cover next week. But this first part is really important. I've got a great quote from Warren Wiersbe, and it says, all of our needs may be included in these three requests. This is starting with our daily bread and the Lord's Prayer. It's material and physical provision, moral and spiritual perfection, and divine protection and direction. If we pray this way, we can be sure of praying in God's will. So remember, prayer isn't us trying to manipulate God to move to our will, to our wants, but it's instead it is to be in communion with him, in conversation with him, to walk in alignment with him. So that when we pray these things, we are not praying, God, do as I want, but God, tend to my heart so that I may desire the things that are of you and that are from you. Because God, you are a good father and you will meet my needs. See, just look at what Jesus says in Matthew right before he teaches the disciples how to pray. And I love this so much. It's Matthew chapter six, verses six through eight. And it says, but when you pray, go into a private room, shut your door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them. Because your father knows the things you need before you ask him. Our father knows the things we need before we ask him. What does our prayer lives look at home? Do we spend time in prayer at home in that secret room as Jesus is talking about? You might not have a secret room unless you kick everybody out. But what it's saying is, what does your prayer life look like when nobody is looking, when nobody is watching, when nobody is listening? Because if our prayer life isn't consistent before, what is it going to look like? Or what's the truth behind it? They were, he was referencing the Pharisees who were boisterous and praying in the streets so everybody could see it. It'd be equivalent to what if I, as a pastor, only prayed on Sunday mornings when people could see me? But it's the same thing that holds true for all of us as followers of Christ. That our prayer life must be consistent in all areas. It must be done in secret. Not just in public. Not just boisterous and loud. What does my private time look like with God? And that kind of sets the stage for what we've been talking about. For what does my relationship look like with God? Is that in the right spot before I come to him and say, God, I have a need? See, our Father knows the things we need before we ask Him. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply all your needs according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And I also love how this is put by David in the 23rd Psalm. And it opens up in Psalm 23.1 saying, The Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. Now, you might know this in a different translation. The NIV 84 says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. You might know it as I just, I shall not want. I just love what this looks like. I love what it means because it's talking about God. You have supplicated all the things that I have needed. I don't have a need to want anything. It is a luxury to want anything that's outside of our needs. 
So the next question we have to ask ourselves then is, what do I need? What do I need? See, what's funny is our needs are often very perspective-based. They're very one-sided. In some cases, they might feel short-sighted. So I want to tell a story about something I've uh, encountered over the last week and a half. See, I'm a sucker for anything that allows me to automate my house. Uh, for those of you who've been there or just know, I, I, uh, I'm just shy of a few levels of being able to have conversations with a few people in this room, like Dan, uh, he can talk me over and, and some of the stuff, and I love it. But I love anything that means I don't have to touch a light switch in my house or have to do anything. It's just my hobby. It's something I do. It's, I spend far more time on it than I probably should, but I'm a sucker for it. So a couple weeks ago, I learned that there are automated cat feeders, just straight up automated cat feeders. You can set the precise time that your cat is going to be fed. You can set the portion control. I had to do the math on that one, but it then allowed me to record my voice so that way when it was time to eat, my voice called my cat. My cat's name is Tiberius, and the recording says, Tiberius, it's time to eat. And I have it set to do eight portions the first time. The portions are small. And it says that call eight times. But it was great because I didn't have to worry about remembering to feed the cat. Some of you guys with a cat or a small dog, you're like, ooh, that's a great idea. I always forget to do this. See, the best part was when I learned of this and I started searching for it, Amazon told me it could be delivered that day. You know that feeling when you're searching for something on Amazon and you're like, ah, oh, this is going to be like two days. Like, we got spoiled. Amazon Prime was, remember when that was new and you got something in two days? You know, our, the things we wanted? Sometimes we, well, we could say I needed it, right? It showed up in two days, but now we've got same day delivery? Two days seems too long when I can get it in five minutes and I can stay in my pajamas. So it was going to be delivered to my house, my doorstep, the same day. I didn't care if it was coming at 10 p.m. That meant I didn't have to feed the cat the next morning. So I opened the feeder up, and through the setup process, I had to enter that, that portion size of the meal. And each portion size, I had to really do some math here, was two and a half teaspoons. Who measures stuff in half a teaspoon? With cat food. I don't know. But that's how I had to measure this out and figure out how often do I have to feed this cat. So I asked my wife if she knew how much food our cat was supposed to eat each day. I was instructed kindly to check the bag. So not only was I pretty sure our cat weighed more than it said a cat should weigh, it capped at 14 pounds. My cat does not weigh under 14 pounds. I can guarantee you that. And uh, I learned how little this cat should eat because I was looking at how to automate this thing. And I learned that my cat should only have one cup of food a day. A day. I was flabbergasted. So I tell my wife, one amount or one cup. To which, you know, she quickly replied, and she's here trying not to laugh at me. She quickly and very happily replied, saying, perfect, that's exactly what I give him each morning. My heart sunk a little bit in that moment, and I just looked at her. I looked at her. 
I started to laugh. You know, sometimes when you're a little nervous or a little uh, off, and you start to laugh and it's, it's completely out of place. I said to my wife, what do you mean you feed the cat in the morning? I feed him that much every evening. We were double feeding this cat. Just like a dog and a cat, they're not going to complain when they get double the food. No wonder why my cat's not in that 14-pound weight limit. See, we were doing the opposite of making sure our cat was fed at all. We were overfeeding it. My wife had no idea I was feeding him every evening if I were going downstairs to check on the TV or something. And she would feed him in the morning. So now my cat's on an automated diet. It's completely automated. But if we didn't get this, we would have slowly been killing our cat with too much food. And he would have never complained because of the excess of the thing that he needed. And to top it off, I had the food bag in a spot that we don't normally keep it. And I left it there overnight. And our uh, dog got into it. We have a 65-pound black lab who got into our cat food. And he ate some. A little, little too much, maybe. Uh, a little too quick. And it was a messy situation over uh, the next day, too. I remember I was working, and my wife texted me, said, so uh, remember when I told you the dog was crying overnight? I'm like, I don't, the dog's crying? Don't wake me for this. Apparently, he, uh, he got into the, the cat food. So then, the same thing. While my dog needs food, too, he needs the right food in the right amount. And it's up to Michelle and I to make sure that our pets and our son, who is not our pet, just want to clarify that so nobody calls anybody on me, we need to make sure that all the people and the animals that we are responsible for in our house food are given the right foods at the right times and the right size to meet their needs. And while I hate the, that phrase of pet parents, I refuse to let anybody call you know, me dad to the dog. That's just me. If that's you, that's fine. Like, no harm, I guess. But see, I'm also a human parent, and I want to ensure that, I'm, that those I'm responsible for are given exactly what is needed. It's just like when my dog sits at the pantry door with his big eyes, and when my cat won't stop meowing and jumping on me or biting my wife's ankles, because she only bites her, not me. When my son repeatedly says, cookie, his new thing is cookie and orange, and I know what is needed because my son is coming to me, his father. See, we are coming to God in prayer as his sons and, has, and his daughters. We come to God as his sons and daughters. We come to him in sonship. Just like we sang today, we are a child of God. You are a child of God. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Who among you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven Give good gifts to those who ask him. Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them. For this is the law and the prophets. See, God has good things for you. 
God has good things for you. And he wants to give you gifts. He wants to give you good gifts. Because he is a good father. But are you asking? Are you seeking? Are you knocking? Because remember, what first comes is that relationship with him. I have a quote here. And it says, we ask for what we wish. We seek for what we miss. And we knock for that from which we feel ourselves shut out. What are you asking for? What are you coming to God for? What are we seeking? What are we missing in our lives, in our faith? What are we knocking for that we feel shut out from? See, when we're aligned with God, our hearts set out to follow after him. The things that we ask for, the things that we seek, and the places we knock are all for the things that are of God and his will for us and our needs. What does it look like to ask for the things that are of God? What does it look like to seek for more of him? What does it look like to knock when we feel shut out, but know that God is right there? What does this look like? Because this applies to far more than just the tangible things that we petition God for regarding what we believe our physical needs to be. See, we are praying for more than our material needs when we say, give us this day our daily bread. See, part of this daily bread is also meeting our spiritual needs. You've had that moment where you just know you have a spiritual need? It sometimes might be harder to recognize. You know when you're hungry, right? But do you know when you're spiritually hungry? Do you know when you're thirsting for more of him? See, while Paul, Apostle Paul was in prison, he was praying for the spiritual needs of the people of Ephesus. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 17 through 19, he wrote, I pray for the God of our Lord Jesus Christ. The glorious Father would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what is the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and what is immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the mighty working of his strength. He's not praying a small prayer here. He is not praying something small at all. But he's saying, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened so that you may know what is the hope of his calling, the wealth of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and the immeasurable greatness of his power towards us. And he continues on the spiritual prayer for these, the people in the church of Ephesus. In chapter 3, verses 14 through 21, he says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. I pray that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his Spirit, 
and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted and firmly established in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length and width, height and depth of God's love. And to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory in the church in Christ Jesus in all generations forever and ever. Amen. Depending on what translation you're reading, I love the heading that is included in there. Fun fact, headings aren't actually found in the original transcripts, but it's there for us to help understand what that section is about. And it's often titled something along the lines of prayer for spiritual power. We have a need for our spirit, our soul, that only God can fulfill, that only God can meet. What does it look like when we come to him for these things? See, if God is a good father who knows how to give good and tangible gifts, then he certainly knows how to give us spiritual gifts. And he wants to. See, 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 9 through 11 says, Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Just as each one of us has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. And if anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides so that God may be glorified through Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. And when we bring it back to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 through 7, it says, therefore, I remind you to rekindle the gift of God that is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but one of power, one of love, and of sound judgment. And I want to take a moment to focus on what he just said there that we can rekindle the gift of God that is in you. See, here's the thing. Sometimes we feel like as Christians, I, get, I could go to that revival service, or I can go to that special church service, or I can go to the altar and pray and feel like God is really moving inside of me. And then I go home and I come back to church next week and I just feel like it's gone. Has anybody ever felt that way? I've been there. What I say, God, like what happened? Like I was on fire for you a week ago. I really felt like I was walking step in step with you. I could sense your presence with me everywhere, every day at all times. But then eventually, God, I don't feel like you're there. I don't feel that gift. That gift that I knew you gave me, I don't have. I don't see it anymore. I don't know how to use it anymore. What happened? See, if God is a good father, God does not retract his gifts from you. He is not retracting his gifts from you. The heart behind the gifts, the things that he has blessed you with, he will not take back from you. He will not take that back from you. 
I look at some of our younger people in this room. You've got gifts. You're learning to grow and develop in. Do not waste them in time by ignoring what is happening in the room. Do not waste time by ignoring them and whispering to the person next to you instead of paying attention to what God is trying to say to you. Do not miss it. Do you hear me? Do not miss what God is doing and what God wants to do for you. Do not miss it. Do not miss, parents, that, that time when God is empowering you with the gifts to watch over your children. Do not miss it. God has given you a gift, and he's not going to take that gift from you. The wisdom, the knowledge, the insights, the gifts of prophecy and tongues, he's not going to take that from you. But there's a season where sometimes I feel like it's is dwindled down and it's become nothing but embers. You know, I hate that part of a bonfire. I hate that part. Where it gets to the very end and you're debating, do I put that next log on? It's dwindling down. If I don't put it on now, what's going to happen? You ever put that log on too late? Or it feels like too late, like it's too late for those embers to do much. This is what scripture is talking about by rekindling the gift. Rekindling the gift that is within you. Rekindle that thing that you're holding on to. Rekindle that, that gift that you feel like God maybe has taken back or that's missing. God never took it back. So you might have that, that log, if we're going to go with this campfire analogy, you might have that log and you might put it on and those embers are just sitting there. But God's saying, here it is ready to be rekindled. The gifts that are in store for you today can be rekindled. They are not missing. You can light them again. You can continue to choose to rekindle that. God is not going to rekindle that flame for you. See, sometimes I say, God, I want you to light this fire under me. But the truth is I have to pursue him because Jesus already pursued me. As we play some music in the background, I'm going to invite the prayer team up. Jesus already pursued you. And when we recognize what that looks like, when we recognize that first, say, our Father who's in heaven May your name be honored as holy. Your kingdom come. When we recognize those things, God will continue to build on your relationship and he will meet your needs. And sometimes those needs aren't the things that I recognize. Sometimes those aren't the things that I want. But it's always what we need. Have you ever been handed something that you realized later on, man, I needed that. I needed that. I didn't realize I needed it, but I needed it. Jesus has a lot in store for you. Maybe you're in this room and you're saying, Pastor Dave, I need to rekindle that gift that is in me. I need to rekindle my fire for Jesus. I'm coming to God saying, God, give me my daily bread. But I forgot to put him first. Put my needs before him. When we come to God first, the bread comes. 
We look at the Israelites and the manna that came from heaven. God supplied all their need. And see, I love how it's phrased. Again, it wasn't re-gifted, but instead rekindled. God will not take that gift from you. What does it take to turn the embers under your gift and your passion for Christ to become a fire that is burning and cannot be extinguished? In a moment, our prayer team up here is available to you guys. And we're just going to play some music. And you could stay at your seat and pray. But if you're saying, Pastor Dave, I want somebody to lay their hands on me. I want somebody to pray over me. I want to see this gift grow, maybe for the first time. I want to see this gift rekindled within me. Or maybe you have another need. These prayer team members are not just here for that. But they are here to support you and pray for you. And they're going to do exactly what was said in 2 Timothy. Just as Paul laid his hands on Timothy in prayer and imparted those things. Our team is here for you to do the same. There's nothing special about these three people or four if you want to include me up here. There's nothing special about that. But it's doing what scripture is saying as a believer. So we could turn that music up a little bit, Dan. And here's how we're going to close. I'm going to ask everybody in this room to just stand where they are. And as we pray, I'm just going to invite you to lift your hands towards heaven. And it's nothing short of a sign of agreement of us coming before God as his children and him as our father, as we act in sonship and as his sons and his daughters. Saying, God, I want to receive all that you have in store for me. The daily needs, the daily bread. So I don't miss the blessings that you want to give me, the gifts. And as we pray this prayer, you're invited to come up. This altar space is available. It's, and there's nothing, again, special about this front. But it is a tangible example of just saying, God, I'm going to step out in faith. Our prayer team is available here during this time as I pray. Do not feel obligated to stay where you are, but you can come up and our prayer team members will pray with you even as I pray. So God, I just ask you right now that you allow us to first and foremost bring blessing and glory and honor to your name. In everything we say, in everything we do, may your name be lifted high. May it be glorified that we don't miss these things. God, may your name be honored as holy through our lives. Let your work be done through us and in us. And God, we ask you to give us our daily bread. The needs that we are walking into this room with, the needs that we've woken up heavily burdened for. Jesus, that we can encounter you because only you know our needs far greater than even I do. God, we receive this daily bread each day when we wake up, when we come to you in that secret prayer that only you and I know about. That God, we may bless you with the things that you provide us with. May your name be lifted high. And for each person in this room with those maybe feeling like their gifts 
have been burned down, that they're missing, that they haven't seen them or touched them in a while. That a Holy Spirit, we just begin to claim a rekindling, a refire that burns for you, Jesus. That we don't miss what you want to do through us this week or the rest of this month or this year or for our lives. That God, even now, may we continue to pursue you greater stronger. May our fire for you burn brighter and hotter. That from this point forward, our gifts continue to burn ablaze for you. That we don't have to rekindle them, but that they can be used to ignite others, their giftings for you. That the fire lit within us can spread God, as your scripture says, your kingdom come. As you supply our needs, let us return it to you, Jesus. God, we love you. We praise your name. Thank you for meeting our needs even when we're unaware. Thank you for speaking to us even when I'm unprepared. Be with us. And watch over us. Church, we're going to keep this, this music playing. We're going to bump it up just a little bit more. You are welcome to stay in this room and pray. I just ask that if you are ready to go, or you're done praying at any point, you just slip out respectfully. Thanks for joining us. If this message impacted you or you would like to get in contact with us, you can visit us at www.rockofgrace.org. Also, be sure to share this message with a friend or subscribe so you never miss a message. God bless.